Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, everybody. Hello, hello again. Jan Elbert here, and welcome to the podcast today. You know, if we don't happen to know one another in real life, uh, let me just say, I sure wish we did. I really do. I am so glad you're here for episode 62 of the Burt Not Ernie show, because this one, this one's pretty awesome. This one's really, really awesome. Um, I'm not awesome. The Lord is awesome. God's word is awesome. His promises are awesome. And you you're actually awesome. So let's let's dive in here. Okay, we've got some promises to look at today, today, and they are simply phenomenal. Have you ever, have you ever experienced something phenomenal, like a phenom, right? Take a second and just kind of remember what, what was that like? You know, what was that like for you, that phenomenal thing that you experienced? What was that like? Okay, you got something in mind? I hope so. Okay, um, for me, like I'm just going to give you an example. When each of my children was born, uh, that moment is pretty phenomenal, right? So um, yeah, that fits the definition. That's what What's a better example of something phenomenal? I, I can't think of anything in my life. So take a second, remember your phenomenal thing. And um, you know what? I'm not going to add another example because what can come close to the birth of your children? So just one example from me today, I guess. That's like, am I at a loss for words? Like in a minion voice say, what? Okay. So um, seriously, I do hope that you can think of something that you have experienced. That is phenomenal. God wants to do the phenomenal in our lives. There's no doubt about it. The entirety of the Bible and then specifically the New Testament and what happened at Calvary that's all the proof. What proof do we need more than than the what God's word tells us in the word of God that God wants to do the phenomenal in our lives? Is the Bible not a record of God doing the phenomenal in life after life after life? Yeah, it is. And is it also not what Jesus did for us at the cross? Does it not show that he um, he wants to do phenomenal things through his power, Holy Spirit power in us, working through us, right? Changing the world, doing kingdom work, making an impact. That's phenomenal. Okay, so we can agree on the the uh, phenomenalness of God's word. That's not a word I know, but um, the it's phenomenal. I guess that's our word for this episode today. Uh, last time in episode uh, show number 61, it was Flourish. So, you know, go back and listen to that one after this. If you haven't already, add it to your playlist. Like, make a note of it. Put Set an alarm on your phone when you're out doing something over the weekend to listen to that. Because God's will is for you to be flourishing in every area of your life. It is his will. And his promises are there in his word to back that up. So this isn't me just making stuff up. This is... 
I look at God's word and then I just talk about it. That's all I do. So today we're talking about phenomenal. Last time we're talking about flourishing. So if you need um, some encouragement in either one of those areas, these are your episodes, right? Okay. And you can like share them on social media so that they're on your Facebook page and you can always go back and find them. You won't wonder, hey, what episode was that? You've got it right there. Okay. So I've been doing something lately that is a bit different for me. In addition to like my daily Bible reading time and um, some devotions that I read each morning, and then I I journal and I do that before I have my um, kind of in-depth time in prayer, I've been using this really lovely little book that has the Psalms in it. It's just the Psalms. It's really, it's really pretty. It's well done. Um, and it has like room on each page for for the, the reader for me to write which, yeah, hello, I'm a journaler. That's great for me. So, um, you know, there are some prompts and things, and sometimes I use the prompts, but usually I just start writing about what's on my heart after reading that particular psalm. And and some psalms, it's just blank. You know, I'm not, I don't, if I don't have something to write, I'm not going to invent something, if that makes sense. So if there's no ink in the pen, so to speak, then that's that. So, um, but this little book uses the New Living Translation. And I like that version a lot. You know, before I sort of made the jump to reading my Amplified Bible daily, the New Living Translation was my daily reader. And before that, it was the Christian Standard Bible. So I, um, you know, once one year, I think I read um, a parallel Bible where it was NIV and King James together side by side. So uh, it's not uncommon for me to go through different versions of the Bible. But um I was very comfortable jumping into this book of Psalms and reading from the New Living Translation because I really do love the way things are worded in the NLT. So today we're going to look at all the entirety of Psalm 23. It's just six verses, so but it's still we're looking at the whole thing. Don't get scared and think a whole thing. Yeah, the whole Psalm, six verses from the New Living Translation, verses one through six. So as I read, would you do something for me real quick? Would you think about that word phenomenal while I'm reading aloud to you? The words from Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6, from the New Living Translation. Phenomenal. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Ah, pretty phenomenal, wouldn't you say? I'd say so. And I want to make note of something here that I just noticed as I read this aloud. Um, And sometimes I don't totally see things until I read it out loud, like so I'm reading it and hearing it, right? Um, Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. To hear it, I need to have something said out loud. Okay, so um, the first couple of verses, it's he's just declaring the psalmist, this is David, is just saying who God is. That's important. We need to do that. If you put up a post on social media, you send somebody encouraging text, you are saying to them, who God is. And of course, you're also, you know, preaching it to yourself, right? Preach the gospel to yourself first and foremost, right? That builds faith. But then he transitions and he starts talking to God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Have you ever had a moment 
like that, where you're talking about God, and then all of a sudden you're just declaring to God who you know he is. You can almost feel the atmosphere shift in the room that you were in, spiritually speaking. Like a shift actually happens where uh, you think Satan can hang around with that? He can't. I mean, when you, you know the shift I'm talking about, where you're talking about the Lord and his goodness, and then you're just like, now you're praising, and your praise is also worship. Um, I think that in Revelation chapter 14 in the Amplified, one of the verses in there has, um, it uses the wording, praise in worship, praise in worship. The two go together. And when you shift and you're, that's why there's some difference between a worship song that's like talking to God. Some worship songs, especially modern ones, talk about me and my feelings and, um, you know, and might kind of be talking about God, but also talking about me. And then there are other songs where it's praise in worship and you're just talking to God about who he is. Satan cannot hang around when that shift happens and you're, you are declaring out loud who God is. Okay, so that's what I see in the second half of this psalm. It's beautiful. Yes, we need to tell each other who the Lord is, like I'm doing right now on this podcast. But then we also need to say, uh, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. You're saying that out loud to God. If you're saying that, you believe it. You believe it. And what you believe, oh man, that's so important. What you believe about God, most important thing, I think probably in your whole thought life. So, okay. Um, and I love that it ends with only, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. And in Christ, I'm going to live forever. There is no death, right? You know, death, where is your your victory, your sting? It's been dealt with by Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so phenomenal. All right, so this psalm begins by using that present tense verb is, I is, the Lord is my shepherd, present tense. Pay attention to that. It's a tiny little word, but it's hugely important. Now, um, you know, he's not just going to be my shepherd tomorrow, but he is my shepherd today in this very moment. Uh, we need to know that. We need to know that. At any moment, you can stop and think, oh, no, the Lord is my shepherd right now. You're not abandoned. You're not orphaned. You are well cared for. You are being shepherded in this very moment. Isn't that great to know? Isn't that comforting? God's word should comfort us. And it does if we actually just take the time to read it and believe it, to just accept it as it is and say, yep, that's true. That's the truth. Let that be my truth today. I choose by faith to to just know that I am not alone, I'm not abandoned, I'm not orphaned. You are shepherding me today, right now. You have not left me alone. That's a good word. That's a good word. Okay, so um, so pay attention to that word is when you see it in a promise from God, because it's for now. It's for right now. He is your shepherd today in this moment. And I have, you have what we need. We have what we need. This is God's promise to us. He is your personal shepherd for your unique, one-of-a-kind life. And so I just sort of like you to think about what that means. What do you need him to guide you through? What is going on in your world right now? God's word is for real life, daily living, for a walking around life, for what we're actually going through. So let's apply it like that. That's what it's meant for. It's not platitudes and piety and, um, you know, religiosity. It's for now it's for real. This is for reals, Nacho. Okay. So take a hot second to thank God for what he's doing in your life. And I mean it like 
Take the time to thank God for what he is doing in your life, for all the ways he is continually ensuring that you have what you need. Um, It's great to run back through the annals of your life and thank him for everything that he has already done. It's fantastic to praise him with total trust for what he's going to do every single moment of your future. And it's a beautiful thing. The phenomenal is experienced when we take the time to thank him for the is, what he is doing right now, right now. It's far easier to thank him for what he's done. And sometimes a lot easier to have faith to trust him for what he will do because you're not in that yet than it is to just really say, but right now, right now, I serve a living God and he is my good shepherd today. And you know what? There's power in that because the power that comes in that is that you're acknowledging that God is sovereign. He reigns and rules over it all. You know, another thing that's in Revelation 14, can you tell I've been reading Revelation Revelation, Revelation lately? One thing that's in there is that, um, I'm not going to know the exact verse, but it's not a super long chapter, so you could find this. But when when Jesus takes his sickle and in one fell swoop, he harvests the earth. Can you imagine Think of how long Satan has worked to set up strongholds and um, anchoring kinds of systems to get a hold of people via deceptions. Uh, You know, we see it all the time. As Christians, we can look at things and say that right there took a long time to build up to. Hitler didn't just get into his position, um, you know, by chance one day. Satan set things up. And if you don't know that, you need to know that. And he's always doing that. It takes a long time. Jesus comes in one sweep one sweep with his sickle and the whole world will be harvested. He's that sovereign. That's who we're talking about here. When you say that's, that's the God who is, is my shepherd right now. You know who my shepherd is? Satan right now is right now. It's the same God. It's the same Jesus, the same Lord who sits enthroned and he's just going to, and that verse doesn't even tell me he stands up. I don't think, I don't think it even says he stands up. He just swings a sickle and it's done. Do you think Satan can hang around? Can his evil minions hang around when you're speaking that truth out loud? They can't stand it. That's the truth. It's instantaneous kind of power. And that is who Jesus is as your good shepherd right now. He is continually ensuring that you have what you need. Drop the mic, right? And that, that right there, that's just verse one. That's just verse one. Okay. So when I wrote on the, on that little journaling page in my book of the Psalms, um, on the page, though, not on the line journal area, I guess I wrote this, um, I made this as a note right next to this psalm, like the first few verses I wrote, wow, what isn't included here? And my honest answer was uh, nothing. Nothing is not included. Like it's all completely covered. All of my life, past, present and future, all covered, all included. Same for you. Psalm 23 covers it all. None of what truly matters in life is left out of this passage. The psalmist makes it completely clear, like crystal clear for real, that nothing, 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 nothing at all, not one single itty bitty iota is left uncovered, is left behind, is forgotten or neglected in your life nor in mine. No detail, no detail is missed. No need is missed. There is a promise here that literally, literally, literally nothing in your life can possibly be neglected if the Lord is your shepherd. Phenomenal phenomenal. There is more to believe God for in these six verses than we could ever exhaust, than could ever be run dry, used up, tapped out over the course of an entire lifetime. And I really do mean that. So what are we to be believing God for exactly? All right. 
Let's drop some specifics on this thing. What do you think? Okay, I mentioned that word is from verse one, but I want to reiterate one thing here. God is present tense shepherding us. God is present tense shepherding you and me. Can you even wrap your mind around what that truly means? It's a lot. For me anyway, it's so much. It's so much. Some of you are going through situations that um, they're huge. They're massive. It's going to be comforting for you to remind yourself that God is present tense shepherding you through this right now, uh, today. Now, we have what we need and we will always, always have what we need. Does that mean that you and I get to dictate our needs? Do you and I get to dictate our needs to a holy, righteous, sovereign, perfect, sinless God? Uh, no, not a shocker, I know, but needed to be said. So I just went right ahead and said it. Rest. This, this psalm goes on to talk about rest, plenty of restorative rest. That's what verse two promises, restorative rest. Go ahead and say that after me, restorative rest, restorative rest. Isn't that what rest should be biblically? If it comes from God, shouldn't it be restoring your soul just as this verse promises? Yes. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Sometimes we may be missing that exact thing in our lives, because we don't heed what he is telling us. We don't accept it. We don't take advantage of it. Those times of rest. I mean, come on, we are productive, are we not? But we're also tired. Renewed life. Okay, that's verse three, renewed life. Look at what we've already got here. We're halfway through this and we're already on to renewed life. Do you, do you need to know what to do? about this, that, or the other? Do you need to know what to do about this thing, that thing, the other thing? Well, good thing Psalm 23 verse 3 promises that the Lord will show you how? By leading you. By leading you. Maybe by telling you, um, but maybe by doing more than telling you, by leading you, right? This is what verse 3 says. He leads us. Are you a sheep who is willing to be led? Or are you more like a sheep who wants to be told all the info? Let me see the entire big picture and then you'll follow his lead. If you will be led, if you will just choose to be led, if you will but be led, the Lord will always be faithful to do the leading. If you will be led, the Lord will always be faithful to do the leading. That's a promise. Look, God is staking his name on this. His, his character, who he is. That's what he does when he makes a promise. He anchors himself to it. He stakes, each puts it all on the line. And you know what? Uh, won't he do it? Yes, he will. You better believe it. Okay. Won't he do it Wednesday, baby? Yeah, he will. Uh, that's a hashtag, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, verse four, danger is not to be feared. Okay. I'm going to say that again. Danger is not to be feared. That's big. That's a big promise. That's phenomenal. Um, okay. If I step on your toes right now, don't stop listening. Give me like three minutes. Okay. Give me three minutes to hear out the reasoning behind what I'm about to say to you. Do not check out on me. I need you to listen. Are you listening? Okay. Verse four, danger is not to be feared. My husband and I, we have these shirts and here's what they say on them. Fear is not a virtue. Yeah. Yep. I'm guessing that there are going to be people who are going to find that offensive. Me saying it um, uh, to the worldwide web via a podcast, uh, when I wear the shirt, when my husband wears the shirt, some people might find that offensive, but I'm also hopeful that some people will kind of think on it for a moment and realize it is not more virtuous to be fearful than to be unafraid. 
It just isn't something God wants for us. He is not okay with it at all. Here's how I know. The word of God says 365 times, do not fear. God's not okay with us being a fearful people. He's made that so clear. But right now, the world that we're living in, fear is shoved down our throats 24-7. And um, people kind of want to judge you. They get their judgy pants on big time if you're not living as fearfully as they are. Fear is not a virtue. You see, we've made it. We've made it in our society today virtuous to be fearful. But that's the exact opposite of what God's word says to us. And it says it again and again and again, literally not one day of your life for the next year, solid, does God leave you without a word telling you not to be fearful. He doesn't want that for us. So, okay, so uh, he's not okay with it. So I am also pretty much okay wearing a shirt that states clearly what God thinks on a matter. And I hope you could be that way too. If God doesn't want us to ever, ever live our lives under fear, to be fearful, and fear-filled. You know, what comes after that? We're fear-dominated. We're fear-controlled. God doesn't want fear controlling you. God wants faith controlling you. God wants trust in him to be what dominates you. He doesn't want you dominated by an emotion that releases tons of cortisol and just actually ruins your health in addition to everything else it ruins. Um, You know, I don't want anything that God doesn't want, and I hope that you land in that camp too. Danger is not to be feared. Fear not. I just said this. It's like 365 times it's in in the Bible in different verses. So if that is not God's will for you, it's never going to be God's will for you. There will not come one single day in a year where it becomes God's will for you. How do I know that? Because 365 times he said it's not his. That's not an accident. He set up time and then he gave us that number of verses about fearing not so that we would know every single day I'm not to be afraid. It's not going to become his will for you ever. It's not his will for you now. Not with a pandemic, not with economy issues, not with health issues that you're facing, not if you have a prodigal child. Look, I'm telling you the truth. Fear cannot be an option for you if you really truly believe what God's word says. You got to kill that off. It's deadly. It's disastrous. Let's ditch it. Let's put it where it belongs. And it's not virtuous. No matter how much society as a whole wants to tell you it's virtuous, it's not. You know what fear does? It sells uh, newspapers in the good old days. Fear sells. Conflict sells. Division sells. God's word heals, restores, renews right? Okay, so let's be about that. Let's look at it as it actually is, rather than what's being shoved in our face, because um, there's always more. God's word trumps all if we let it. We have to believe it. Okay, so it's not going to be God's will for you today, tomorrow, ever. Listen carefully. When society begins to tell us that something explicitly against God's will, according to what his word says, when society tells us that that very thing is virtuous, and then we get hateful, and we get unloving if people don't conform to what we are saying is virtuous, what society tells us is virtuous, speak up about that. You do that. You speak up about that. Living fearfully is not more loving. You know, and I am an enormously considerate person. I'm cautious and I'm safe and I'm aware and healthy and all those things. I am. I get it. I know there are people that um, that COVID is not, a, it's like the flu and they recover fine. Um, and I know that there are people that are, that are, um, hmm, they've really suffered. They've died, and it's a legit thing. I know that. I know the suffering is real, and I and I'm not discounting that at all. I'm just saying we can't live under fear. 
Because when you're living under fear, you can't live in love. You can't do it. You can't do it. If you're living afraid, that's going to be the loudest voice in the room and you're not loving people. And if you're not loving people, you're not doing what Jesus called you to do. That's really the flat truth. So, um, you know, you don't have to be fearful to be healthy, to be considerate, to be compassionate. In fact, I don't know how you can really be compassionate when you're fearful. That's when you get angry. That's when you get agitated. Why? Because fear is a strong emotion. It's created for emergency situations to get you moving. You're not stopping to think about how can I love you well, you know, when this lion is about to attack you. No, the fear is what it gets the adrenaline pumping, right? But we can't live in that state. God didn't create us to live there. So, okay, let's be people who let other people know that God does not want us living afraid. I mean, isn't that really great news that that's right here in this psalm? Danger is not to be feared. It is. It's actually phenomenal that we can live so differently as children of God during these times that we're living in. And we should live differently. We should be markers that stand out and people say, wow, that's amazing. And we should love well. Don't let fear keep you from loving well, because it'll do it every time. It will. Kill that off. Kill that off. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Okay, I could say, um, if I could say just like one thing, one thing that might best sum up all the different forms of ministry and serving, uh, all the things I've done over the the years, the decades, I think it might be this. Jesus pro- procured and secured our freedom at the cross, and it cost him everything. So Satan is continually and constantly working to take away that freedom because it's so valuable. It's so priceless. It came at the cost of Jesus' own blood. So I'm... um. I'm in the hold on to your freedom and tell everybody else about their freedom business, basically. If I could sum up everything I do, that's really what business am I in? I'm in the freedom business, the Jesus freedom business. Danger is never, ever to be feared. Okay, let's keep moving on. His rod and his staff comfort us. Let yourself be comforted. That's what the rod and the staff are meant to do. Uh, you know, well, now, Jan, you sure are pushing boundaries today in this in this world we live in. Aren't you just a bit, you're a bit much here saying that we don't need to be fearful. And now you're telling me to believe that the rod and staff, which sound like discipline, are intended for our comfort. Well, I didn't write the book. The Holy Spirit penned it. He authored it through basically like, what, 44 scribes? God wrote it. He said it, not me. I'm just emphasizing what he said, which is what all believers ought to be doing, quite honestly. So uh, is it is it hard to swallow sometimes? Yeah, Jesus wasn't kidding when he said this is a hard teaching. Sometimes it is a hard teaching, but God wrote the book. It's our job to believe it, right? Okay, so we don't need to fear danger because he's with us. And remembering he's with us helps us to believe that his rod and his staff comfort us. They will comfort you, so let them be a comfort to you. Don't get all prickly against them. Let them be a comfort to you. You know, don't get upset if you get a bit of redirection now and then, like, you know, tapping you a little bit with the staff and redirecting you. Who knows what God is saving or sparing you from and leading you toward? And some discipline now and then, you know, via the rod and staff, that's a good thing, really. Expect him to be about the work of protecting you and delivering you and watching over you via his rod and his staff. It actually is very comforting as long as we let it be a comfort to us. Again, phenomenal. Something we think of as cringy is really a great gift and a blessing to us. It's a sign of God's love and favor. So let's let's see it as such. That's what it is. When I start stumbling around and I'm doing ding dong kind of stuff, um, I like knowing that my good shepherd 
is going to use the rod and staff to wake me up, to help me see what it is I need to see, to guide me to the best places for my life. Yeah, that's a comfort to me. And not fearing danger, not fearing danger, huge, tremendous comfort to me. All right, verse five, this is good. This is good. This is extra good here. Right in your enemy's face, like in his face, in your face, man. You, my friend, you get to feast and be anointed and have your cup filled to overflowing right in his presence, right in his face, in the presence of your enemy or enemies. It might be plural. Where is that again? Where does this happen again? Not maybe where we think it ought to happen, our feasting, our being blessed. That's not where we think it happens. We think it happens when we're with our friends or when we're in a safe place or, and it can happen. You'd be, you're blessed there. Yes. But the word of God says you're going to feast in front of those people in their presence, right? Your enemy, um, Satan ultimately is our enemy. People are not so much our enemy. But you know what I mean? In that circumstance right there, right in the middle of it, you don't expect to, to have your feast afterward. Expect to have it right in the middle of it. God wants your enemy to see with their very own eyes in ways that are undeniable. If they see it, it's not deniable. If they see it happening, they know God's doing this. God wants him to see that you are being granted a feast. From who? From him, from your God, from your good shepherd, that you're being anointed for your calling by your God, that you, you know, it's he anoints my head with oil. You're being anointed, that you are experiencing such a filling that it becomes an overflowing. Where? Right there in their presence. So what's our word for this episode again? Oh yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, that is that is the right word. It's very fitting. Okay, and lastly, what pursues you? Oh, here's what's pursuing you. Here's what's chasing you down. Here's what's relentless toward you only. And that word, it means only, folks. That's that's all. Nothing else can get in there. Only just goodness and mercy and faithful love. Only those things, nothing else. Did you hear that? Only goodness and only faithful love. For how long? For all the days of my life, and how long are you going to live if you know Jesus? Well, you're going to live on this planet until your days are finished, and then you're going to live with him eternally forever. So yeah, this is a permanent promise. This is a lifer, right? I mean, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And where would there ever be a better place to dwell? Nowhere. Yeah, there is so much here. This Psalm, Psalm 23, really does cover it all. Phenomenal, truly phenomenal. And by the way, I'm pretty sure that God thinks you are phenomenal. All right, I'm at half an hour, so that's it for this episode. Um, I'm going to take a little uh, trip with my husband to celebrate our anniversary, so I'm not sure if I'm going to get a new episode up next week or not. Um, You know, that whole thing about restorative rest from verse three? Yeah, I'm going to be doing some of that. I hope you do that too. All right, Lord bless you. Thanks for being here today. I will catch you next time, whether that's next week or the week after that. Um, Have a good one. Be blessed. All right. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.